Welcome back to Off Record On Point podcast for another deep dive and this time into workplace culture. And today we're joined by the amazing Ellie Edwards-Scott, who is co-founder of the Advisory Collective and also one of my fellow co-founders of Digital Leading Ladies Community. And today we're going to uncover the secret to being an unstoppable leader. I'm Julia Linehan and I'm the founder and CEO of The Digital Voice. And I'm Casey Long. As usual, we may touch on some sensitive topics and issues, so be sure to take a look at the description for a list of resources and topics to help you with anything you might need while you're listening. We have to step away from us, Casey, because we are joined by Ellie Edwards-Scott. Welcome, Ellie. Good to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you on this session because this... We wanted this theme to really be about leadership, about female empowerment and about career growth. And and I know you well, and I I really wanted our audience to get to know you and hear your story as a a leading light. So maybe the first bit would be just to frame your story, your journey. When you've had 20 years in the industry, you don't need to quantify at 20, whatever it is. So we just say over 20 years. That's that's. <laughs> so I started out, gosh, I started out in regional press um, back in the days when people read a lot of newspapers, um, which was great fun. And then I went into B2C press um, at VNU Publications, which was a heyday. I remember getting my corporate Amex card and being just... It, thrilled Ooh, going out times. it yeah. was it was the best times going out taking being encouraged to cl- take clients out to spend to have fun but then I went into online quite early I went into online recruitment firstly and um, the Guardian media group set up a online recruitment company called workthing.com so I went there and kind of rose up through through the ranks there and then I think when we first crossed paths Jules was when um I went to Adlink so yeah. yes, Adlink Media, uh, Sales House, and kind of rose through the ranks there to become MD before I was headhunted into Group M, where I worked with some of the sharpest and brightest minds I ever have within the industry. That was some um, great times. And I then have been consulting, really, in terms of what I'm doing now. I've been consulting since 2016 and co-founded the advisory collective with my fabulous business partner, Lisa Monaldo, in 2018. So since then, I've um, been on my own journey and, and with my own business. And similar to you, Julia, you know, in terms of being a female founder or just a founder, it, it's, been, it's been a roller coaster ride, but it's been an absolutely amazing ride. And I've worked with some brilliant people along the way and continue to enjoy what I do, which is, which is a good motivator to get out of bed every morning. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Ellie. I never know how you guys met, so that's nice for me to hear. Well, um, probably, and... what, what Ellie is missing out is that it was <laughs> probably in a bar with a large vein. <laughs> would have been a bar with a very large glass of wine when I was um when I was at Adelaide we were based in Holborn and in fact I worked kind of in and around Holborn for a few years because Group M was there as well and Jules and I would obviously would meet on the Kingsway quite often wouldn't we Jules yeah. and, uh, have a misspent afternoon so yes <laughs> very important afternoon it was I was thinking I was at Ayesh in those days and strategic business decisions were made <laughs> oh they were indeed and I love the fact that you know both Ellie myself and we've got six other co co-founders of digital leading ladies including your business partner Lisa Ronaldo and I think it's lovely that we've known each other and grown with each other 
And it's also spanning. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm about to hit my four-year anniversary on Saturday. It's amazing. But I love it. Even though the last four years have been without the vino, none of it ever makes a difference just because I happen to have a different ingredient. It's been lovely. You're your effervescent self anyway. I'm less annoying. <laughs> less loud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am so privileged to be sat here with the both of you guys as such incredible role models for me. And it's not just me that have been influenced by people like both of you, but Ellie, you've been a force of nature in so many women's lives. What motivates you? I was brought up by a single parent mother um, who was a for- who was and still is a force of nature. She brought myself and my sister up to unapologetically be ourselves and also with the belief that we could do anything and and that's like really important Mm. I mean from you know when I was at prep school I was I was the only um child of color for the first two years in my class and it it was just like yep you just got on with it you you do what you need to do I did I did ballet we went to theater she she pushed pushed us but also encouraged us to embrace um our, our whatever hobbies and, and and also taught us that nothing was out of range and nothing was off limits you know she would yeah. she would save hard so that she could take us out to the theatres or to museums or or out for dinner and and from from seeing that and seeing how hard she worked that just encouraged me she also um ran her own business so she had her own nursery so it was you know it was a was a leader was a entrepreneur from an early well, from an early stage in, in my life, and that drove me. And then, as I say, you know, having a daughter, I've also got a son, but having a daughter and a, and a son, you want to show your children that the world is your oyster. And mm. although there are challenges and there are barriers, you can either look at those barriers as, as, a, as a, maybe as a hurdle to overcome, or you can look at it as a barrier and say, well, actually, I can't do this. And I try to look at... Um, obstacles maybe as a hurdle or you know how do you overcome it how do you go around it how do you navigate it to do what you need to do I'm also a trustee for Digi Learning so Lisa Goodchild and Lisa Goodchild's also a co-fan of Digital Leading Ladies but her and Sarah who are another forces to be reckoned with oh aren't they I'm surprised we all get on so well because we all talk so much and when we're all together in a room (laughs) we don't get a word in that's why we can't have all of us on this could you imagine (laughs) Exactly. It's literally us all fighting for it. But um but they're they're fabulous ladies and and the charity um has two programmes. One which um is focused on females and kind of empowering young females and the one that's focused on empowering everybody from whether you call it disadvantaged, underrepresented backgrounds, whatever you, you like to call it, but just helping people who don't necessarily have access. And I think, you know, in this day and age, it's still quite shocking in, in, in a country such as, as Britain that there are there is a stark difference between the haves and the haves nots. You know, there are people that just don't have access. I mean, during the pandemic, we, we really saw that. You know, my, my children always been fortunate they've all said their own laptops desks rooms etc you know up and down the country you've got children that were studying on trying to study on mobile phones you know maybe their parents mobile phone and it's ridiculous yeah. that yeah. and that you know that start can just limit what somebody can do so if I can in any way help encourage I mentor um uh, young people as well 
Um, I'm also, I also sit on a board of um, uh, care support and housing organisations. So we have four customer groups. The company is called Look Ahead Care and Support. And we have four customer groups, mental, um, those with mental health issues, homelessness, uh, young carers and learning and disability. So again, that's important because rather than just kind of sitting in a ivory tower and kind of going, okay, I'll donate or I do something once a month. I'm actually interacting with the customers, seeing the customers in their environment. And we're looking at how yeah. we can improve those customers' day-to-day um, -day life and well-being. And it's important yeah. that we do say Absolutely. customers because actually, actually we are working for those different core groups. You know, it's, it's not about what we, us, it's about those customers. That's Amazing, Ellie. There is so much there to unpack and so much good work that you're doing. And I, all I saw was that you are giving so much of your time and your energy into these important causes like DigiLearning, which is where we happen to find Faith, Faith. on our team, I was who is incredible. Say, always be grateful for Faith. <laughs> We'd be lost without Faith. Um, and so while you're giving, what do you get back for yourself and why is it important for you? It's important for me as a black female because, you know, it, when we look at opportunities, I, I touched on it earlier and not that not everybody has the same opportunities, whether that's down to your social mobility, whether that's down to your race, whether it's down to your gender. So it's important for me because I have had these opportunities and I continue to have these opportunities to help others who who maybe just don't even have access, you know, it's surprising that some people, well, it's not surprising that depending on your background, depending on your surroundings, you can have limiting self-beliefs and you don't even realise you've got limiting self-beliefs because you, those people around you just are doing certain, are, are not doing certain things or not accessing certain things. So you think that you can't do that. Even something like, you know, regularly going up to West End or in, in London or okay, so some people just don't think they belong in, in certain situations and don't think that they can do certain things which is wrong anyone can do anything you're right you're giving so much but actually does it give something back to you ellie because i think it should is it charging your battery yeah yeah, yeah just a self sense of achievement you know yeah it should be we go to madfest and we see those uh, digi learning cohort on stage you know presenting in front of, of of a group of people that's huge because that skill you you know to be able to go and and, and and stand in front of a crowded room and you know talk about talk about whatever it, it may be or present that's a great skill which will serve them well in life so yeah it, it gives me a sense of achievement when I when I know that I've I've helped others but also it gives me certain some encouragement because I look at my children as they you know 13 and 16 and look at their past and it encourages me that there are people such as us that are willing to help and, and inspire. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I have the pleasure of, um, I'm doing a presentation training to the DigiRise crew, the, this latest cohort coming up. So dear Lord, they get the Julia Linehan treatment. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be turning out lots of people who are loud and bold. Get your pitch, pause, pace. Pitch, pause, pace, stress. Pace <laughs> just recently been trained in it. I've got to ask, and Elia, I know, so I see so much of your, your life and how much you juggle your responsibilities. And we did a session with Caroline Mastoras, who was, is the outgoing president of Bloom and a mum and at Salesforce. And we asked her this. We were like, 
is it an illusion to have it all? You know, is it, it have you got it? Have you got it under control? And what's your secret, 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 I suppose, source with this of how you juggle everything? You know what? It, it's a really good question. And burnout is a real thing. Yeah. I, I, I do often get burn, burnt out. And I do have to say no. And I've actually learned to say no over the last, it may seem odd, but I've learned to say no over the last probably 12 to 18 months because before that I used to try and do everything and be at everything. You know, you know it's like, George, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. try, and, try and work a, a full day, you know, running my own business. It's not a nine to five and then you want to be out in the evening and you've got this event to go to, that event to go to. Oh, do you want to speak here? Do you want to be? No, you, you can't do it all because you want to give the best of yourself and to, to do that, you have to make sure that you are charged, you know. Yeah. So I've learned to say no. And, and I think that's really, really important because a challenge and especially as women, I think we want to be able to do it all and we want to seem to do it all. And we can't. We can't. Yeah. And then get help where you can. You know, I have a cleaner. I, I, I because when I look at the fact of, yes, of course, I do a little bit of housework. But actually, if you can afford to get somebody to help you do it then do it because although you're paying for that service what are you gaining back and gaining back that valuable time which is important to me so where you can call in help whether from your network or from professionals to just ease that burden and I'd say try not to do it all it's a thing that women think we have to do then no you know let's not setting boundaries we always say it's like protect your own energy because it's like it starts with that and it's one of the most it is it is one I, I've learned it as well and I think it's not selfish to say no you're actually you're able to give so much more it's just about quality over quantity it really it's is. the right decision and when you protect your energy you're you're best you're able to give back more as a mum as a as a as a a manager as a worker as a leader all of yeah. those things and as a partner as well exactly thank you that's a great answer for that one i am a new addition to the dll group it's my privilege to be in there with that group of women and what would your advice be ellie for someone else who wanted to build a community and start reaching out to people i would say go for it and do it before we had dll we were swat remember jules yeah supporting women ad technologists swat team send in the swat (laughs) i never (laughs) knew that oh yeah i found a business card with it on the other day i've still got mine as well i'm keeping it bloody brilliant (laughs) so yeah before before we had dll we had swat so it's all something we're really passionate about but yeah definitely do it there are so many like-minded whether it's like-minded women whether it's like-minded individuals you know, if you have a passion, if you have an idea, you will find others that, that share that passion and share yeah, that idea. Yeah. And that you can't underestimate the support of the community. I mean, during the pandemic, we had, and we still continue to have several spin-off groups from DLL. So we've got a kids channel, we've got a health channel, we've got a pets channel. I'm not, I don't have pets. I'm not, I'm not in the pets channel, but we've got all these different <laughs> channels because Everybody has different needs, right? Just because we're we're women, some of us have children and, and some of us don't. And those that don't probably don't want to hear about, you know, Tommy's nappy that, that, that exploded or someone's teeth. Well teen- <laughs> I don't want to hear about Tommy's nappy that exploded. No, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? So it's also being mindful that, that there are different people going through different challenges. And actually, just because we are one community, you know, 
everybody doesn't have the same need at all the time. So that's what we've tried to do to be sensitive of to that. I also, during uh, the pandemic, created a, a, a group for black women in the industry. The reason why is that when I noticed with DLL that, um, and DLL, gosh, we're probably about 300 of us now. And what I realized is that some of the colleagues that I'd introduced to the group who, who you know, I know, I know have opinions and I, I know have a great voice and they just weren't expressing themselves. And I wondered what that was, what, why that was. Um, did, is it that they didn't feel that it was a safe space? There was obviously a lot going on around the whole George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. So I yeah. reached out to a few women and, and said to them, look, would you like a space that, you know, you can maybe share with other people who look like you and then can understand yeah. what you're going through. So we, it's, it's, a, it's, it's small, it's like about 40 of us um, and it's called Thrive For and it's basically about thriving for success. And the idea is to make sure that we are championing each other, but also when opportunities come, like speaking opportunities or engagements and things like that, but you're actually sharing that within the network because People now often come to me, which is great. And I'm not offended at all when people are like, oh, you know, we need a speaker. Do you know any females? Do you know a woman of colour who can speak? Yes, yes, I do. And I've got 40 of them in a community. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really important because, you know, on the flip side, when people are organising events, they don't always know where to go and see the same people on stage. So if we can help and encourage and give people a leg up, why would you not do that? Ren, who's our, our, our podcast producer, if there's a, a blog that Ren did, which is on the Digital Voice website, and it was Ren interviewing me and talking to me about International yes. Women's Day. That was awesome. What I actually was stressing was going, I love the fact, I think we lean in more about, well, what's your community? So let's take gender out of it and just go, well, what are you interested in? The same way that DLL created those individual communities, there's another one called AdTech Group yes. that, again, had lots of communities. And I thought, actually, that's what it should be more, mm. leaning on where you have people that are like-minded and you've got yeah, something so I'm saying, in Similarities. Similarities in whatever that is. And I think that's really powerful. Um, there was another thing you'd said as well about that, you know, there's barriers, etc. And we did a session on smashing through the glass ceiling. And I went, I've never, I never see that the ceiling existed. I didn't see it, mainly because I got really bad eyesight. But if it was there, I just went through it. So I didn't go round it or jumped it. I just smashed it. And I'm kind of trying to say, say that as well. Mm. It's that, it's almost that there's so much of it that is our own mental blocker on stuff. Yes. And I know, Ellie, we, de we delved into this when we were on stage at Madfest last July. And we were, with the session was on, 5% of female founders, what the fuck? And I and we called out going, oh, hold, we think we're making steps forward. And it was a really, really enjoyable and very engaging session. And I put out a call on that stage to go, right, 12 months time, I challenged myself to bring along a set of female leaders. And by the way, to our listeners, if you are a female leader, and especially if you set up a, a company in the last 12 months, Get in touch because I want you on stage alongside me and probably yes. Ellie, I might have you with me. But that's our call out. We, we had all of DigiRise in the audience. I still want to know, right, what, what's stopping that final leap for those founders getting on board going, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Gonna... Probably fear. Fear is probably the, the number one cause, yeah. isn't it? So fear of failure. I think to, to do it successfully, you need to have the, the why don't you? The why factor. So yeah. why are you doing it? What is your motivation? I think we talked, touched on it earlier, that fact that women are juggling so much. So 
parenthood, of course, is, is, is a shared responsibility, but depending on the situation that people are in, sometimes women uh, takes more of an active role. Um, it could be the financial, the fear of financial, um, you know, demise or not having the financial success that you need. Um, it, it's, and also, if you look at the amount of funding that uh, female-led businesses get, it is, I think it's, it's less than 3%. And in terms of black businesses, it's less than 1% under VC funding. So, you know, we've, Jules, Jules, you know, you have, I have, this good child with DigiLearning, we've all fortunately been able to kind of self-fund and start our businesses, but not everybody can, can do that. And, you know, we've kind of grown the businesses. And if I look at you and what you've done, I mean, I, think, I saw the other day, I think it's 11 years you've had the Digital Voice, isn't it? 11 years, yeah. Started as me, now at 29 people. I think that's absolutely brilliant. But it took a long time, though. It does take time. I and mean, now you're in the US. Yeah. It does take time. But during the, that time, you know, you have to have that cushion and that barrier. And, it, and it's hard. I mean, when the pandemic first hit, because of what Lisa and I do in terms of helping companies land and launch, there was a bit of a time when we, it was squeaky bum. We were a bit like, okay, shit, stuff, pipelines dried up a little bit. But you, you can either, it's that fight or flight mode, isn't it? And we kind of went into fight mode and, and we're lucky to kind of have ridden that wave. But not everyone can do that. And yeah, and, and people get scared about that. I think if I was going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a bit of advice in as well for anybody listening. That I always believe in the power of three, and especially if you're setting up, if, especially if, if your business is a, so um, uh, you're doing more of a consulting business or anything. It's the power of three. I I did not set up the digital voice until I had. There were three companies that came and said, "We want you to do." be the voice of our company that's where it stemmed from and I always say to people just don't risk it with one or two wait for the third know that you've got and the same goes I suppose you know that you've got three potential customers you know going out there and saying would you buy this and once three people have gone yes know that that's that's enough to be a, to be a, a relatively stable star that would be my bit of advice I don't know if you've got any really standout bits. yeah and I think yeah on that I think that test and learn Right. I mean, we do that with with well, prospects before they even become clients because everybody thinks, you know, I deal with a lot of CEOs and founders and they all primarily within the ad tech space. And they've all kind of built a great platform. It's their baby. They think it's the best looking baby that, that it is. And I will say to them, you know, nobody's going to, going to tell you that your baby's ugly, but they will tell me. So we will, before we even start working with a client, we will go out there and, and to your point Jules we'll test and we'll test that there is a market yeah. for it because you can become so close-minded and, and, and tunnel vision because you're working on something which you think is great brilliant but unless you've got a market that's going to buy into that it's almost irrelevant how, how great this thing is so you have to make sure that that there's a viable market for it and we do that with our clients that due diligence piece is, is so important you guys have both ticked off a big question that I wanted to ask my two female founders that I'm sat with um, about founding a company. Is there any other advice from when you first started up, Ellie, that you think that was a really key thing for me in the beginning? First, I talked about the why. That's important. Have a business plan. It's it's incredible. That, and, and I, the people that don't have a business plan, like, what what are you doing? You know, you're just leaping <laughs> into something and hope it, hope it will work. <laughs> So definitely have a business plan. Be really honest about your strengths and weaknesses as um, as a person, but also within business. What, you know, what 
what are you good at and what do you enjoy and what are you less less good at and get people in who can compliment you and especially if you're co-founding but also as you're hiring a team get people in who can um kind of take take up some of those areas that you're you're not as strong in work with professionals you know Yes, you can do your own tax return, but why? Just get an accountant to do it. Yeah. <laughs> why would you ever do that? Yeah, exactly. It just alleviates the headache. So that's the thing about having that financial buffer. You know, get 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 a legal expert in or have a legal um, expert that you can call upon when you need help rather than trawling through the internet yourself. So it's really important to get those specialists in and then as I say, focus on those areas that, you, that you're strong in and when you can, bring people in to make up for those areas that you're a little um, less strong in. I definitely, I'm going to mirror that as well. I 100% believe in actually working what brings you joy, do what brings you joy and love it. It really shows through. I, I still, I still hand on heart love what I do, but then, and it really is because it mirrors what uh, the age of, what was it, Ren, that Ren, who's listening on this as our producer, I think I said, at 19, I wanted to be a copywriter, an actress and a journalist. And I, and I did all three. I just do it now in one guy's under a PR agency. Exactly. And I still stay. That's what it is. Bring what, do what brings you joy. <laughs> yeah, I studied journalism as well. I studied journalism at University of Arts London. And, and again, you know, when I'm on stage, you know, moderating, it's a form of, you know, chairing panels and things oh, like that. Oh, you love it. You're so yeah. good. Both of you. <laughs> but, but, so you. I learned from the best, Jill. <laughs> that's the thing. And, and, it's, and it is, it's taken that passion, you know. Yet you have to love what you do because you can work bloody long hours, you know, and I, I work weekends. And but, but then the flip side is that I can take days off during the week and, and you know, and go for lunch with, with my husband if he's working. Out. So, so you, there are benefits, but there are downsides. But, yeah, you've got to love what you do as well. So here's a question, you know, we, we've potentially got a little bit of a bear market this year and a little bit of a... Uh, it's slightly tough start to the year. And I, and so I, it's curious, and I don't know the answer to this. Is this the year you'd recommend launching or is it the year you get, so do you leap or do you sit back? What do you think? What do you think, Ellie? That... Leap. You've got to leap, haven't you? I mean, what, sit back and wait for what? You, you don't know what's happening next year. So I mean, when is it a good time? Is there ever a good time? Not really. You just have to do it and <laughs> bloody get on with yeah. it. So, um, yeah, leap. But as I say, do a bit of research before you leave. Just, you know, make sure you've got a plan. But definitely leave. That's a good answer. Thank you. And I want to circle back to communities as well, because it seems like that has been really foundational and tied into a lot of what we're talking about today. What do you think the attitude of women coming into communities is these days? You know, while it might be a tougher year, are women coming into those communities feeling more downbeat or is it hopeful and optimistic? I think hopeful and optimistic. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to be downbeat, you know. That's going to be horrible. But I was going to say, don't bother joining my community. But I was going to be... <laughs> I'm really joking. Um, I think you've got, to be, you've got to be hopeful and optimistic, haven't you? Yes. I'm always like glass half a half full kind of person because why why look at the downside there's downsides to everything right but you've got to take the leap and you, you've got to be optimistic and I think that there are so many great networks for women at various stages I mean we talked a lot about DLL but there's women in programmatic network which I know um we're, we're all involved with as well you know they're, uh, mm, they're, they're wackle. with wackle yeah 
you know, Women in Programmatic Network, they're slightly younger than probably Jules and I are in terms, <laughs> in terms of the, uh, the founders. <laughs> and at different stages and you know there's huge amount of enthusiasm and there's an opportunity there for people to kind of learn different topics and and you know the community support is great and I think generally people are wanting to lean into these networks yeah and, and people are realizing how important because we work differently now I mean you guys are 100% remote Lisa and I for the last few years even pre-pandemic you know we're in town a couple of days a week maximum but so other than that, you need that community and support. And it also means that you can lead, generally lean in a bit more because you have that flexibility. You know, you don't have to all, all travel an hour into town to meet up. You can be, be on a, yeah, you can be yeah. on WhatsApp group, you can be on a hangout and you've got that sense of community there. So, yeah, I think um, there's general optimism around it. Well, clearly everyone that is coming in is following your example, which is what makes a leader of being that shiny, optimistic person to look up to. Um, and what would you say as our final big question before the dreaded, famous- it Loved, loved quick lo fire Mostly round. loved, sometimes feared quick fire round. If you could give us your three top tips that you think it takes to be a leader and what mustn't you have? What makes a bad leader? Got to be decisive. You've got to- be able to make those tough decisions and stick to the, those decisions. Tough decisions, good decisions, bad decisions. You have to be decisive when you're a leader. I think it's really important to be collaborative. Um, understand, it, it comes about, it's, it's about leading from a front, isn't it? And it's, it's about also bringing your team along on that journey. So being clear about your vision, being collaborative, bringing in people and, and and play into your team's strengths because you understand your team's strengths and then kind of bringing them along on the journey. Um, communication is key in terms of being a bad leader. So good communication can make a great leader, but gosh, I, I've worked with so-called leaders who just didn't communicate. You know, they had an idea in their head and thought that everybody was going, assumed everyone was going to be on the same trajectory and, and not have an idea what they're doing. And also, you know, don't you don't want to dictate? Yes, it may be your company, your vision, but you actually need people to understand and to believe in what you're doing if you want them to do it well. In terms of bad leadership traits, micromanagement, and this tends to come from sometimes it's early leaders, you know, early, early leaders that are early in their stage of um, leadership. Because they're a little bit insecure and they literally think, oh, I, God, I have to, I have to do everything or sign off on everything. Know, emails, make sure you CC. No, you, you know, empower your people and trust in your people in your team and, and give them the autonomy. So you don't want micromanagers. So the last bad leadership trait, if you're the inability to foster a good culture or understand what makes a good culture. And that can be down to empathy, just not understanding who's around you, who's your team, who your customers and your clients are, and then kind of tailoring your approach to, to that. I think those are all really good. That's brilliant, isn't it? And I, and I think anything, those those really stood out for me, and I, I mirror those too, and I believe very strongly in that. My biggest frustration is when I see inconsistent leaders, mm. and I've seen it makes teams very, very nervous, it's, and then especially when that leader is not just inconsistent, but they're on a bit of bullying in it, and you've got an actual workplace that's very, very toxic. Yeah, so that's a really I'm good so point, pleased Jules, that yeah. we're pushing the narrative around 
calling out bad leaders and highlighting good culture. I'm delighted in the industry. There's so many awards for good culture. And that makes bad leaders have to step up. And that's sort of what we go hell yes to. So, but it's time. It's time. You know it's time, <laughs> oh, Ellie. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Ellie's been at the end of my quick fire round so many times. Damn, what's she going to ask oh, me now? I know. Sometimes I do insane ones. I think I've actually been quite mature here, if I'm honest, today. And I've come up with ones that are actually related to the secret of being a great leader. I know. It's, so been a lot, it's been, definitely been a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here we go. Answer the first thing that comes into your head. Here we go. Leap first or learn later? Definitely leap first. Leap first. Brilliant. Leading from the front requires what? Leading from the front requires being a visible participant. Perfect. Uh, a good leader must have dot, dot, dot. Empathy. When the shit hits the fan, what do you do? When the shit hits the fan, I allow myself to think, oh, shit. And then I spring <laughs> into action. <laughs> <laughs> how can I remedy this yeah think first act later I love that what is the lasting piece of advice that stuck with you perhaps a bit earlier it was my mum just giving me the belief and sorry this, is a, this isn't a one word answer but you can do anything so just yeah do, just be able, you can be anything and you can do anything it does take work but you can do it if you want it hard want it you can be anything you can do anything I love that. Who do you want to celebrate from, for leading from the front? Well, this isn't a one-person answer again. Sorry, Jules. No mucking up your format. Yeah, it's all right. You can flout the rules. <laughs> Definitely all my co-founders and digital leading ladies. You know, we've been, we've been a Hell force yeah. to be reckoned with over the years. And we continue to go from, from strength to strength. And then my good friend uh, and leader, Karen Blackett. She, you know, when I first came... Um, well, I first met her when I was in Group M, just seeing a black female in that position and going from strength to strength. And we're great mates now. And she still continues to champion women, but also everybody in the industry. Brilliant. And a great one to call out. Thank you for that. Your hope for a gender equal world is? But we don't have to even talk about it. It would be great, wouldn't it, if we get to point and I doubt this will be in my lifetime where where gender parity is taken for granted and our young girls can go into any role and do anything and be anything and more importantly be paid and recognized for what um, on parity as a as a male counterpart the mic has been dropped. Gender equality and embracing that. Let's just hope that, you know, I look forward to the same in International Women's Day in 2024. Don't want it to be about the gender pay gap. I just wish that it didn't exist. And we move on to things that are involved, that's going to embolden people, that's going to push people forward, not deal with stuff that should have been dealt with and shouldn't even exist. So I am fully behind you on that. Thank you very much, Ellie Edward Scott, for the quick fire round. Thank you. Thank you. And Ellie, that brings us to the end oh. of another episode of Off Record On Point. For all of you listening, you can find out where to keep up with Ellie in the description or on our website, thedigitalvoice.co.uk, as well as you can find a whole other load of useful resources to keep this conversation going. Thank you, Ellie, for joining us. It has been our pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing all of that with us today. Thank you, Ellie. 
Thank you for joining us for another episode of Off Record On Point, the digital voice podcast unzipped. I'm Julia Linehan. And I'm Casey Long. Enjoy the conversation? Reach out and let us know by rating and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to follow to never miss an episode. You can stay connected with us at thedigitalvoice.co.uk and across all social platforms. Just look out for The Digital Voice. Join us again next time for another undercover industry deep dive. All off record, all on point.